To foil a terrorist plot, an FBI agent undergoes facial transplant surgery to assume the identity of the criminal mastermind who murdered his only son, but the criminal wakes up prematurely and seeks revenge. This is Ryan. This is Ashley. And this is Ruining Ruining Our Our Childhood, Childhood. a nostalgic weekly podcast where a married couple rewatches and reviews our favorite 90s and 2000s movies to decide if they hold up to our adult standards. That is correct. And hi, guys. It's it's been a minute. Yeah. Yeah, we apologize. We're back. June was a busy month for us. Yes. We're still getting used to the fact that the world is opening up a little more, so... (laughs) So we got to go travel. Yeah. Yeah. So we apologize. We did not expect to take a whole month off, but we're back and we promise we are doing our best to get out episodes weekly mm-hmm. and we'll try to communicate better as well when we are taking time off. Yeah. Because I decided to also take a time off of social media mm-hmm. just for my mental health. I, I can't do it all the time. This week... We are doing the 1997 classic face-off. I almost said airheads again. <laughs> We're doing it again. We're just yeah. going to keep doing airheads every week. Just run it back. Just always talking about airheads. No, face-off. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's obviously starring one Nicolas Cage. Mm-hmm. And one Jonathan Travolta. Yeah. Yes. What are we doing here? Well, you just mentioned it came out in 1997. Mm-hmm. So I'll just give the quick information that it was released on June 27th of 1997. What is your fun story or memory, more importantly, of 1997? So I was kind of looking up uh, some of the facts of 1997 to get a refresh of the year. Mm -hmm. I was 11. But one of the facts that I saw was that Beanie Babies were like at the peak of their popularity. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I'll never forget... I think I might have had one. I wasn't into them. My best friend at the time, she did have a budding collection. She is growing, but I don't know how this happened. We were walking through her neighborhood and there was this like older person. I want to say it was a lady, but I can't remember. And she invited us into her house to view her Beanie Baby collection. Uh Uh-huh. And she had a huge collection. But I was just thinking as an adult, I'm like, I just went into a stranger's house, <laughs> like without any like red flag or any just, you know, just went into a stranger's house to 11 year olds. Yeah. And looked at her Beanie Baby collection, which was in a lot of totes. And they were like almost, uh, what's the word? Not ziplocked, but what we do, like food saver bags. Oh, um, shrink wrapped? Yeah, and and then I was just thinking, what's the point? Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. know we have these discussions a lot because you are a collector and I'm not as mm-hmm. much. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I don't get the point of having a collection in a tote stored away. That if, part I don't get, yeah. Yeah, just but to say you have it. That would be the equivalent to us just opening our front door and seeing two children <laughs> walk down the street and be like, hey, kids. Come here. You want to see our pop figure collection? Yeah. No, that's creepy. Yes. We, we, we should be put on a watch list. <laughs> exactly. 
Yeah. Uh, so that was my story. What What's your fun fact of 1997? My fun fact. We Googled. 1997 fun facts and the first thing that pops up is the death of princess diana fun fact fun fact uh for me being a fan of pro wrestling Mm -hmm. my fun fact is the montreal screwjob and for those of you that don't know what that is pro wrestling is obviously predetermined they already decide who's going to win and lose a match that's what yes sorry i know i know there's people that would argue and go, it's real. Bret Hart was going to wrestle Shawn Michaels in Montreal, mm-hmm. and they told Bret Hart he was going to lose because he was leaving the WWF to go to WCW. He did not want to lose, and he did not like Shawn Michaels at the time. They were butting heads just professionally. So what they did was during the match, they had Shawn Michaels put Bret Hart in a submission hold which Mm -hmm. you tap out when you're in too much pain and the minute the hold was locked on the referee immediately called for the bell implying that bret hart lost right bret hart loses his shit (laughs) right there he destroys like all of the television monitors around the ring spits in vince mcmahon's face like on television they went into the backstage area he punched out vince mcmahon like nice. knocked him out. But the worst part was is Bret Hart's brother still had to work there. <laughs> and they had a lot of hatred for a lot of years. They've since mended fences. Uh, Bret and Sean now get along. The older I get, the more I think Bret knew what was going to happen. And he was told to do this because what it did was it made Vince McMahon the big bad guy. Yeah. For like, years to he's come. infamous now. Yeah. yeah. And it, when Steve Austin exploded, he wasn't really feuding with The Rock and Triple H every week. He was feuding with Vince McMahon. Mm-hmm. So I kind of wonder if it was all just a big work. It wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Because, I mean, watching wrestling with you and your brothers, I always love when... Because we really only watch, like, the big events. Mm-hmm. But when somebody is hurt, and I'm using air quotes, yes. hurt... There's always somebody in the room that's like, no, I, I, I think he's really hurt, guys. Yeah. I, I think he blew I, out his knee. Yeah. And, yeah. and like 99% of the time, you're like, no, that's just them selling it. They've gotten better at acting. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they want you to think they're hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, it wouldn't be fun to watch if... I mean, it's kind of fun to watch when things are really bad. The acting's bad and the moves are n- not being sold properly. Yeah. But it's still better if... If you're like, oh, maybe they are hurt. Yeah. It's almost like they're doing their job. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. That was interesting. Yeah. So what do we do now? <laughs> we say whether or not we think this movie is going to hold up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> wow. This is the problem. I feel like we were just as rusty when we were recording Airheads. Mm-hmm. And now I feel like we're rusty again. Yeah. So hopefully... You know, by next week, we're not as rusty. We're going to get back in the flow of things. Right, right. Yeah. Um, so, what do you think? I can't envision a world where this movie's realistic to me. <laughs> I have very little memory of it. Right. I think I've seen it once, but it just seems so far-fetched to me. What? Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I do know... When we told my brother that we were doing this episode, he was genuinely excited and 
He might be outside our house right now waiting for us to watch it. Yeah. He he said, call me and let me know when you're going to start it and I'll push play at the same time so we can watch it together, but not together. It's the weirdest thing he's ever said. <sighs> so I think some of the special effects probably won't hold up. And it's got our boy, Nicolas Cage. Yeah. And then probably the person that overacts just as much as him and John Travolta. Yeah. I remember watching this movie, but I don't remember who's the good guy and who's the bad guy. So mm-hmm. that will be fun. <laughs> I can't envision it. I think that the year it was made is going to go against it. Yeah. The whole plot. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited to watch this movie and finish this podcast because I've been reading that Lindy West book. It's all essays, yeah. short essays of all the movies. And she does have a face-off chapter. Mm-hmm. And I skipped it so I could not steal any of her jokes. Because yes. I'm sure there there's quite a few gems. And I'm excited to be able to read that. <laughs> I'm excited. And we'll probably do this in a year from now. But Riff Tracks oh. just riffed this movie. Yeah. And I really want to watch it. But also, again, you don't want to steal any of their jokes. Yes. But very much looking forward to it. We both say no. We both say <laughs> that was no. was a long-winded yes, yes. Winded way of saying no. Mm-hmm. But so I guess we, I feel like there's, we're missing something. Oh, we are. Yeah, we are. We are. It wouldn't be me if I didn't forget. Mm-hmm. So where you can stream this movie, there's a couple different places. Paramount mm-hmm. Plus, which used to be CBS All Access, mm-hmm. um, has it. Uh, Pluto TV has it. Epics. And it's available to rent on pretty much all the platforms so it's it's on the internet so mm-hmm. that's good i love the people also liked section oh phenomenon did you ever watch that movie is it travolta yeah okay nope never saw it swordfish i did see that yeah con air of course mm-hmm. check out our episode if you haven't heard it available in the archives yeah or you just saw on our regular podcast feed feed bad boys Mm-hmm. The Rock, which this movie beat out, if yeah. you remember correctly. Mm-hmm. It's been a month. <laughs> we, did, we did the... Uh, I'm so sorry, guys. We did the poll and everything and then just never released yeah. it. So. We asked you to pick a movie and then we just disappeared. We mm-hmm. ghosted mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Sorry, guys. Uh, Broken Arrow with uh, Christian Slater Ooh. and John Travolta. Okay. End of Days. Schwarzenegger? Yeah. Okay. And then Die Hard with a Vengeance. Odd choice. Yeah. And Paycheck with Ben Affleck. Ooh, and uh, Aaron Eckert? I think so, but Uma Thurman, too, because she's on the cover. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool, cool. So, anyway. Some good movies. Yeah. yeah. Some possible episodes. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. We're going to make it to 100. Yeah. By 2022. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so... I guess we can uh, hit the pausey pause and go watch Face Off and come back and talk about it. Correct. Okay, bye. Bye. And we're back. We just finished watching Face Off and we're going to go ahead and break down our movie with our categories. Like we always do. And our first category is Well, Hello There. Well, Hello There where we talk about any cameos of famous or recognizable actors or actresses that we may have forgot were in the movie. And who did you notice? There are so many people. Yeah. Obviously, we kind of touched on it before, but this movie does star uh, John Travolta. Mm-hmm. He plays 
Sean Archer, and then later, spoiler alert, he plays Caster Troy. Mm-hmm. And obviously, I'm going to say obviously again, <laughs> John Travolta's from Greece. Mm-hmm. Probably one of my favorite movies in he was in, mm-hmm. in Hairspray. And then more recently, he's or he's going to be in a movie called Paradise City with Bruce Willis. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. My first one was another one that we kind of touched on earlier, and that is Nicolas Cage. Mm-hmm. He plays Caster Troy, and then later, Sean Archer. Oh, yeah. it switched. <laughs> it switched. <laughs> Nicolas Cage was in Con Air, The Rock, Gone in 60 Seconds. Numerous movies. Yes. That we've done for yes. the podcast. There's an award named after him. Right. He's very famous. <laughs> Do you have any I did future? not. I didn't. Let me look up what he is in. I, I can tell you. Oh, please Untitled do. Joe Exotic Project as Joe Exotic. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, uh, okay. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. It's like I scrubbed it from my brain. There's going to be some choices made there. I and I'm, I'm here for it. I was going to say, him trying to impersonate Joe Exotic will be worth the price of admission. Right? Yeah. My next one is Margaret Cho. Mm-hmm. She plays Wanda, who uh, works at the FBI. She's under John Foltz's character, mm-hmm. Sean Archer. She's a comedian. She was in Drop Dead Diva, I mm-hmm. remember, in the mid-2000s. And more recently, she was in the movie Good on Paper, which we just watched yeah. as Ryan Hansen and uh, Liza... <laughs> I don't know what to say. Schlesinger, maybe? That sounds right. Sure. Um, but it was a pretty funny movie. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. wasn't bad. My next one is James Denton. He played Buzz, who also worked at the FBI with Margaret Cho and John Travolta. He was one of the main characters on Desperate Housewives. He played one of the housewives. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I know who you're talking about now. I didn't watch that show, but no. he did look vaguely familiar. Yes. He was also more recently on an episode of Hot in Cleveland. Mm. And uh, he's a regular on the show The Good Witch, which is like a Hallmark series. With uh, the lady from JAG, Catherine Bell. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, again, never seen it, but I've seen posters of it, like mm-hmm. when you're flipping through Netflix and stuff. I think uh, Bailey Madison's in that, too. Yes, yeah. I know who that is. She was on the Fosters. <laughs> yeah. My next one is Robert Wisdom. He plays Tito. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had like a multi-arc in Chicago PD. I want to say he played one of the chiefs of police. There's multiple chiefs. Mm-hmm. It's a very complicated system. And uh, more recently, he was in The Alienist, which I believe is the show that's on TNT. It has the bad guy from uh, Avengers, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Oh, okay, okay. And uh, I want to say Dakota Fanning's in it as well. Okay. Yeah. That sounds familiar now. Yeah. I remember the Dakota Fanning show on TNT that I've never watched. (laughs) My next one was a ruining our childhood favorite, low-flying helicopter. Yes. Made a very early appearance in the film. Yes. Uh, There was right off the bat, we get a pursuit low-flying helicopter is there for it yeah Mm -hmm. just doing his thing yeah flying low also juggy yes the oil drum makes a couple appearances couple appearances yeah (laughs) in that scene specifically when caster's plane crashes into a random hangar filled with 
fireworks, and oil jugs. Yeah. I was like, why are there so many sparklers in here? Uh, I love 90s action uh, movies. They're just like, fireworks, fireworks. I literally put in my notes, I was like, in the first 10 minutes, we had Juggy the Oil Drum and Low Flying Helicopter. This is a good day. You know it's a good action movie. Yeah. My next one is Joan Allen. Mm -hmm. She plays Eve, who was John Travolta's wife. We know Joan Allen from Pleasantville, the Bourne Identity movies, or more importantly, I guess you would say the Jason Bourne movies, and Room with Brie Larson. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, My next one is Alessandro Nivola. I totally thought he was British, and I just looked it up, and he's from Boston, Massachusetts. So. Those are commonly confused accents. <laughs> no, just because he was in Mansfield Park. That's mm-hmm. the first movie I ever saw him in. And then he's going to be in the Sopranos prequel movie. Mm-hmm. I said prequel. Prequel movie. <laughs> uh, the Mini Saints of Newark. So it's a movie, not a series? I think so. Okay. I didn't look that well at it. Gotcha. So I apologize if it is a series. Neat. If it's a movie? Also neat. Yeah, but it's going to have a lot of people. Yes. Ray Liotta. Enough said. <laughs> Enough said. My next one was Dominique Swain. Mm-hmm. She was uh, in Lolita in the 90s. Alpha Dog with Justin Timberlake. <laughs> I feel like you said Alpha Dog weird. Alpha Dog? Alpha Dog. That... Moby music video, mm-hmm. We Are All Made of Stars. Did you see her IMBD, though? No. She, she's in, like, 30,000 movies I've never heard yes, of. Yes, that's... I named the things I knew and have seen. I did see she's works all the time, nothing I've ever heard of. Yeah. yeah. I mean, good for her. Yeah. But it, I was just, like, looking for one movie that I'd seen. <laughs> oh, I don't know if I said she plays Jamie, which is John Travolta's daughter. Right. Yeah. Um, the next one for me is CCH Pounder. Mm-hmm. She plays Hollis Miller, who I believe also works for the FBI. I think she might be higher up than Sean. They never really explain. She just shows up and goes, hey, you should do this really complicated surgery to get, get answers from the Nicolas Cage's brother. Yeah. <laughs> it's totally necessary. And he does it. Yeah. So um, she's from The Shield uh, and she's been in Avatar, and she's going to be in all of the sequels. Okay. That they planned. So. Gotcha. All five, I think. Yeah. Or four sequels. I think there's going to be five movies. Yeah. Yeah. My next one is Gina Gershon. She plays... <laughs> I feel like you're emphasizing people's names and <laughs> to make them sound fancy. Yeah. Gina Gershon. <laughs> okay. Uh, she plays Tasha, who's one of the villains. Sasha. Sasha? Yeah. I thought it was Tasha. No, it's Sasha. (laughs) Okay. So she plays Sasha with an S, guys. Mm -hmm. She was in Showgirls. She was. She plays Jughead's mom on Riverdale. Well, I don't think she was on it when we stopped watching it. I think she was. Okay. An episode of Cop Rock and an episode (laughs) of Community. Um, my next one is Colm Fiore, mm-hmm. if that's how you say his name. Um, he plays Dr. Malcolm Walsh, who has created this state-of-the-art face transplant mm-hmm. system with some sort of plastic mask. It just looks like a plastic mask, yeah. mask, guys. So I can't say plastic mask. 
It's a tongue twister. It's not. <laughs> he was in Thor, but the thing I recognized him from, or I just realized what he was from, was the Umbrella Academy. He plays Reginald Hargreaves. Oh, yeah. okay. Nice. You don't know. I know who Reginald Hargreaves is. How dare you? How you just gave you. me this look like, sure. I did not place him when we were watching the movie. When we were watching the movie, I was like, why does this guy look so familiar if he's older and has a mustache? And then I forgot, oh, also a monocle. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Give him a monocle. Yeah. You would have known who he was. Yes, It exactly. would have been that or the Monopoly man. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. My next one was John Carroll Lynch. He played a prison guard. Mm-hmm. The things I remember John Carroll Lynch from was he played Drew Carey's brother, Steve, on the Drew Carey show. Uh, He was in the movie Zodiac, and more recently, he was on American Horse Story uh, Freak Show, the carnival season. (laughs) Did you say American Horse Story? (laughs) I thought I said American Horse Story, not Horse Story. Horror. (laughs) Horror. Did I? (laughs) You're a jerk. I heard horse, and then I heard whore. <laughs> you heard horse the first time. American. Okay, I'm done. It's about secretariat. <laughs> Each season is about a horse. Yes. <laughs> and it's directed and written by Ryan Murphy. Yeah. They're going to do a quick draw McGraw season. <laughs> the real story of ed <laughs> mr ed <laughs> Mr. Ed. <laughs> uh, anyway we're just cracking ourselves up okay my next one is matt ross he plays loomis who is another fbi agent on the same level as margaret cho's character wanda mm-hmm. i would say he is from silicon valley okay uh, he i guess the villain in that show in a way like the guy that Everybody's aspiring to be, and he's already the rich, like, you know, the rich guy. Um, He was also an aviator. Oh. Yeah. With Leo. Yeah, with Leo. (laughs) Who's your next one? My next one was Thomas Jane. He played Burke Hicks. And I should point out, whenever Thomas Jane is in something, (laughs) you always go, hey, it's Thomas Jane. And I never know who the hell the guy is. I couldn't pick him out of... If he walked in our house right now, I wouldn't know who he was. I don't, like, you, did you not watch The Punisher? I never saw The Punisher. Oh. You know who's in that? Travolta. Oh. Right? I don't know. Uh, I, I just remember Thomas Jane. Okay. Well, he was also in Boogie Nights. Yes. He had a TV show called Hung. Mm-hmm. And he was on the TV show The Expanse. That's true. Yeah. There's another actor. I think it's Billy Magnuson. Every time I say Billy Magnuson, you're like, I don't know who that is. And I'm like, he's been in like 30 things we've watched, especially recently. He's very, he's having like a moment. Mm. And you're just like, ah. I don't know Billy Magnuson. (sighs) Anyway, (laughs) my next one is Chris Bauer. Mm -hmm. Do you know who Chris Bauer is? I got a good idea. (laughs) Um, He plays Dubov. Yes. (laughs) And, uh... I think half this podcast is just going to be us laughing. I said to you, I go, is his name Duball? Like Dunga Duball? (laughs) And if you don't know what we're talking about, go look up the YouTube clip of a lady getting arrested for a DUI and then just looking at the camera and going, Dunga Duballs. It was a reoccurring joke on The Soup. Yes. When Joel McHale hosted it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Chris Bauer is from True Blood. Mm -hmm. Andy Belfler. 
we're doing a rewatch on True Blood right now, so I thought it was pretty neat. Mm-hmm. In in this uh, movie, he has hair and a mustache, which is weird. Yeah. And he more recently did an episode of Homeland. Oh. Yeah. Okay. He's been in quite a few things too, but that's... yeah, I remember him popping up on Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yeah. Yeah. My last one is Danny Masterson. He plays Carl, who tries to force himself on Dominique Swain. And if you know anything about Danny Masterson lately, lately it doesn't age well. Yeah. Uh, the big thing I remember him from was being Hyde on that 70s show. That's very true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is that it? That is the last one I had. Cool. Do you want to take a quick break, come back, and hit our next category? Absolutely. <laughs> Okay, and we're back. And our next category is called Kids Would Call It a Throwback. We call it the prime of our teens, where we talk about fashion, dated references, offensive jokes, and technology. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did you have anything in this category? I had some fashion. Okay. Uh, right away... Nicholas Cage's sunglasses were very popular, I'm sure, at the time. They're like a hexagon shape. Mm-hmm. Something... I think those are coming back. They're coming back? Yeah. Oh, sad. Well, tiny sunglasses are coming back. No. Yeah, they've been oh. back. Sad. <laughs> I always felt like my, because f- I have a big head, mm-hmm. that they just never looked right on me. I had some tinier gla- eyeglasses mm-hmm. back in the day. Yeah. But I realized they probably didn't look that well, that good on me. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have anything? So I did want to point out Caster's hair, which is Nicolas Cage's hair. Mm-hmm. This is going to be hard. We're going to have to specify who we're talking about at all times. I've been just going with the actor name okay. because exactly. It's confusing if you're going Caster or Archer. Yeah. Because yeah. they play them both. Yes. Uh, Nicholas Cage's hair, it's it's basically like a Caesar haircut, mm-hmm. which was obviously very popular at the time because George Clooney looked good in it, but mm-hmm. you know, Nicholas Cage didn't look bad, but he does have a little bit of like a receding hairline, so Yeah. I think it just made it a little more prominent. Mhm. And it's a odd uh shade that he has. Yeah, it's almost like reddish. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. He has some amazing hair choices in a lot of his movies. Obviously, yeah. we talked about it extensively on the Con Air episode. Mm-hmm. I can't talk. I said Can Air. The Can Air? <laughs> it's just about a can of air. <laughs> um, but honestly, that's all I had. It was very, you know, just basic 90s fashion. Yeah. A lot I, of suits. I thought um, Dominique Swain's clothing at one point, she looked like she was almost cosplaying Gwen Stefani, uh, crimped hair at one point, and also maybe was doing her makeup off of Clockwork Orange. Yes. It was a yeah. interesting, interesting choices from her. I also found it weird that your introduction to her, they did like the zoom into her eyes, which she does have those like drawn lines, almost like fake lashes. They zoomed into her eyes and then pulled back. Like, it was supposed to be this dramatic reveal, and I'm like, she looks like a teenager going through shit. So. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was a interesting choice by Mr. Wu. Yeah. I think we're supposed to be like, <gasps> she has a nose ring. <laughs> <gasps> oh, okay. <laughs> Do you have any dated references or offensive jokes? I did not. However, there was some unique pieces of technology. 
There actually was, I think, because it's set in this world of, like, the FBI, so they have some stuff. Mm -hmm. And then you have this crazy-ass, state-of-the-art face transplant. Yes, yes. (laughs) They did use a zip file disk. Yes. Which I remember those being a thing. Mm -hmm. As far as the face switching technology, I thought when they cut off Nicolas Cage and John Travolta's faces and then moved them over probably to a fake styrofoam face or whatever, and they were shifting it around, the masks that they used looked pretty decent, Mm -hmm. but the equipment looked kind of cheesy. Yeah, like I was saying, John Travolta's character as Sean Archer, he handed him the mask that I realized was going to suck up his face. Yes, He's like, this is state-of-the-art. And I'm like, that's a piece of plastic. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I know this is a movie and we're supposed to suspend reality, but I was like, that's that's just a that's just a clear piece of plastic mask. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't look fancy. There's no wires, you know, yeah. running through it. it. No, it was piece it was a piece of plastic. Also, I feel like when he explained the surgery, he made it sound like they're gonna take off his face and put that plastic mask on his face and then put Nicolas Cage's face on top of it. Yes. But then when they did it, the plastic thing just sucked up his face. Mm -hmm. It was like a toy crane machine. It just placed it into the (laughs) goo. Yes. Uh, uh, Logistically, it wouldn't work, I don't think, because of like your eye placement. (laughs) Sure. That's the only Your eyes wouldn't line up. Also, they kind of... Well, I mean, we'll get into it later in the plot holes. Yeah. Did you have any other technology you wanted to talk about? Yeah, one other piece. And that was when they were talking to John Travolta and explaining the technology of what they were going to use. They 3D printed an ear. Yeah, that's true. I mean, now we have that technology. I think it was, we're supposed to believe that it was like organic material. Yeah, yeah, no. It, yes, we can't go 3D print cartilage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One but, day, maybe. That's true. Not 1997, though. <laughs> no. But that was all I have. Okay. Do you want to move on? Mm-hmm. Our next category is called, Is It Even Good? Where we talk about the plot, and more importantly, the plot holes, and are also our funniest and cringiest moments. So, the plot... It's a movie. It's a it's a concept. As we kind of mentioned earlier when we were talking about the character of Hollis M- Miller, who works for the FBI, and she comes in because they've captured Pollux Troy, who is Caster's brother, and Caster's technically dead, but he's not really dead, come to find out. Mm-hmm. And they want to interrogate Ca- uh, Pollux because they think there's a bomb somewhere hidden in L.A., mm-hmm. So their whole idea is to make Sean look like Caster so that they can get the answer out of Pollux. Yes. To, you know, overcomplicate things. They go out of their way to do the surgery. Mm -hmm. The whole relationship before the movie starts, technically, is that he's been hunting Caster for years. And then Caster tries to kill him and accidentally kills his tiny baby child. Mm Mm-hmm. So that was very traumatic, the first five minutes of the movie. I thought it was interesting when 
Sean gets shot in the back, yeah, they were on a carousel and they fall off, meaning yeah. uh, Sean and his son. And he's on the ground, clearly wounded, and there's a baby on the ground, and he's doing John Travolta-type acting. <laughs> Nobody comes to help them. Right? And there's people all over. <laughs> people are like, I paid for this ride. I'm just, oh, somebody got shot and murdered? Uh, still on this ride. Mm, not getting off. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. Oh. I didn't really think about that. Oh, go help if we, him. If we want to just move into plot holes, let's uh, let's do that. Oh, yeah. The mere idea that the FBI approaches Archer with this idea, you're going to have your face switched, but you're not allowed to tell anyone, let alone you're going to switch faces with the killer of your son and you cannot tell your wife. Yeah, that's a big decision to make without telling your wife. Not telling her. And then what's the worst thing you could think that would happen? The villain wakes up from his coma, apparently, and then steals your face and then goes and has sex with your wife. Exactly. And then creepily hangs around your daughter occasionally, making kind of this weird moment of almost incesty. Yes. Weirdness. I did like how she was like, you're a <laughs> boundaries dad or something yeah. like that to him. What I could imagine would be bad that could happen is exactly what happens. Yeah. This yeah. is why you, you talk to your wife. You communicate in a relationship, guys. Yes. Also, you probably want to put out some sort of information within the FBI. Other than two people? Yeah. Maybe more people should know that there's a possibility a terrorist is going to overtake a FBI agent's face. Right. And infiltrate our building. That's true. But it is a, I want to say they called it a black bag. <laughs> black bag uh plan or black something that's a need to know type thing that was one of my other plot holes was so when caster wakes up to find out that somebody had stolen his face and put it on themselves presumably i mean he figures that out very quickly Mm -hmm. which i'm like he's kind of smart but is he that smart because if i woke up from a coma with no face I don't know if I would put two and two together, but I guess it's because Sean's face was in the, sitting in the goo. But yeah. you could barely tell it was Sean. It's just it's just skin. Yeah. At that point, anyway, <laughs> he somehow gets his goons to find the three people that know. By the way, they only killed those three people, but there's like thirty people in their procedure room. Yeah, yeah. When it was being done, so there's more people. By the way. Yes. They find the exact three people in the FBI that know that Sean has gone undercover. Mm-hmm. And then they kill him. And we'll have him come in and switch your face real quick and then kill you. Obviously. And that was a, a choice on the special effect was when Nicolas Cage is waiting to have the mm-hmm. face put on. And it just looked like they put some ketchup and jelly on his face. I think that's why they, they shot it the way they did. They didn't actually show it. They showed it in, like, the reflection of the doctor's glasses. Yeah. Because it probably didn't look that great. It looked terrible, the little bit we could see. <laughs> um, they should have just did kind of how they were doing the whole time, which was shooting behind Nicolas Cage mm-hmm. when he was, like, in the chair. And just let your imagination of what he looked like decide and not give you that, even that slight glimpse, because it looked terrible. That's true. I agree. Another great aspect of this movie is that John Travolta or I guess Nicolas Cage is now Sean undercover 
and he has to go to the secret prison mm-hmm. that's off the books. They have to wear metal boots because yeah. it's magnetic mm-hmm. because it's a secret prison in the middle of the ocean that's magnetic. On like an oil rig? Yes. It looked like? Yeah. I don't get the metal boots. I get like, okay, you can control the inmates a little bit, mm-hmm. but I just also feel like they just use them as weapons when they fight. And then the guards yeah. don't really break up the fights. No, no. The other kind of a plot hole for me was when Sean is escaping from that prison, he magically knew where to go to get out of there. He did, but then when he got to the top, he was surprised to find that he was in the middle of the ocean. Yes. So, yeah, definitely a plot hole. Yeah, he knew the layout of this prison he's never been to and didn't know where it was at. Yes. So he, he, probably... knew, he knew how to get out, but then he got to the top and he went, nah, shit. And he probably didn't have clearance to know that it existed until he had to go undercover. Yeah. Because it was off the books. Mm-hmm. It's something. It, it's really something. I also have a grape. And okay. we kind of talked about this, that it's a trope in the movies when somebody's like switches bodies or, you know, like a Freaky Friday situation, mm-hmm. which would have been a lot more convincing if they somehow used magic in this movie instead of what they did. <laughs> That the significant other would notice right away that they're her husband, who is kind of boring and mopey because mm-hmm. his son died six years ago, which I totally understand. But he's definitely kind of like serious, completely different than what Castor is. And when Castor walks in, he's just like all like fun and loose and happy. And she's just like, sure, let's have sex. Yeah. If somebody took over my body, mm-hmm. you would know it within... A minute. Yeah. Because yeah. you're very mopey and depressive. And Yes. <laughs> exactly. You jerk. Speaking of the breakout to prison, I, I did like that he just started murdering people. I'm like, those are federal employees, Sean, and you're still an FBI agent. You can't just start murdering people. I know the one's a jerk. The one that is played by... Um, John Carroll Lynch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's a dick. Yeah. I feel like there was no closure there either. Did no. he die? I think he died. I think he died. There was a lot of explosions. Sparklers going off. Air quotes, explosions. I think my favorite was when Sean shot a guard through like a grate. He mm-hmm. was up on a, what's the word I'm looking for here? Mezzanine. Mm-hmm. And he shoots the person in the foot and the guy screamed like a Tyrannosaurus Rex. <laughs> it's just out of left field. Do you think that they just asked Nicolas Cage to go into a sound booth and just do a bunch of random screams? And then they're like, we're just going to fill these in for all the people that can't scream very well because your screams are amazing, sir. <laughs> they are top notch. They're, they're something. <laughs> they're, they're just something. Yes. Shall we move on to funniest line or moment? Yes. My funniest moment was at the very beginning Nicholas Cage is setting a bomb at the Los Angeles Convention Center, I believe. Yes. He is dressed like a priest. Sure. Which I'm thinking right off the bat, young Pope origin story, Nick Cage. Didn't they already do that with Jude Law? We're going to go ahead and maybe between Jude Law and whoever plays the next one, Nick Cage. A- Anthony Hopkins? There you go. Midlife crisis, young Pope, Nicholas Cage. <laughs> Just starts setting bombs up. But it was his dancing that was my funniest moment because he looked so happy and just was having the time of his life right. dancing around. Then he also creepily touched a 
girl that looks like she is 12. Yeah. So. Gave her a good grope. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she looked older than the rest of the choir, Mm -hmm. but the rest of the choir looked like they were literally 12, and she looked like maybe she was 16. Mm -hmm. Still gross. Yeah. Against the law. Yes. Yeah. Very much so. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What was yours? (laughs) So at one point, Nicolas Cage, as Sean, breaks into his own home and is trying to convince Eve that he's her husband, Mm -hmm. and of course she doesn't want to believe him because she might know that Castor is a psychopath. That would lie about that. Mm-hmm. He kind of gets in the head when he drops the whole, like, blood. Like, I have AB, he has negative, or whatever, mm-hmm. O negative. Which I thought was funny in the beginning of the movie when the doctor mentions that. When he's telling him about the surgery, he's like, you guys have different blood types, but it's not like his brother would know that. I'm like, how would that come up? <laughs> like, is he going to test his brother's blood? Yeah. But, fun fact, they did it because later in the movie, that's how Eve figures out that John Travolta's an imposter. Mm-hmm. So, she's at the hospital testing his blood that she sneakily took while he was sleeping. Because mm-hmm. apparently he can't feel a needle prick. That's because he is a prick. <laughs> she is testing it, and then Nicolas Cage is broken in the hospital. She figures it out, and he does that facepalm thing. Yes. Which is a thing that they do in their family, mm-hmm. where they just stroke each other's faces. Yes. I mean, it's 2021. We just got past a pandemic, or we're still in the midst of a pandemic, but mm-hmm. we we just got past a bad year, and I'm just like, oh, get your hand <laughs> off my face. Why are you doing that? Uh, I did like at the end, when Dominic Swain mm-hmm. pet the kid's face. Yeah, I really feel like... That whole family's trying to make that a thing. Mm-hmm. The face... I don't even know what to call it. A gr- face stroking? Yeah, just like a... Let me put my sweaty palm on your face and drag it down. <laughs> They're trying to make it a thing, and it's not It's not going to be a thing. No. As Regina George would say. It's, it's not going to happen. It's, yeah. It's gross. Stop trying to make it happen. It's not going to happen. <laughs> yes. So that was mine. Because also, when Nicolas Cage does anything, he does it 120% when he doesn't need to. And uh, Nick, we need you at like a 40. He's like, got it. Here comes 120. Let me just creepily smile in the mirror. That's like 90% of this movie is just him looking at himself in a mirror. (laughs) What was your cringiest liner moment? It's Nicolas Cage says this to john travolta he goes i enjoyed boning your wife and i said i'll take lines that don't hold up for 500 alex because i don't know that people still say boning i just thought uh, and it was cringy the way he said that to a guy yeah yeah i mean yeah yeah (laughs) what was yours oh i wrote down so many (laughs) (laughs) so at the beginning of the movie when caster gets on the plane there's a stewardess there who's obviously an fbi agent she's dressed exactly like an fbi agent like they they were like you're gonna be a stewardess but you don't need to dress nice just Mm -hmm. wear your pantsuit like you wear to work every day Mm -hmm. but he makes her sit on his lap he says if i let you suck my tongue would you be grateful and then later in the movie i want to say gina gershon mentions that he said that line to her so that's like a thing he says yeah the worst part is that she does it Yes. Stuck his tongue out and the actress had to do it. And I feel so bad for that actress. And also for the FBI agent that she plays because she had to do that too. And then she gets shot in the back and thrown out of a plane for it. (laughs) (laughs) That's 
That's what she gets. This for, movie hates women. For sucking Nicolas Cage's tongue. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, so. That was the early runner for my cringiest. And then I was like, oh, I just like that he said boning. Yeah. But yeah, that was gross. I had, I had a couple moments within the first 20 minutes. And I was like, this is going to be a long movie <laughs> for me. So yeah. we have random thoughts, I'm sure. I have oh. a whole mess of them. As do I. Right off the bat, one of the first things we see is a mustached Nicolas Cage slowly putting a straw in his mouth, which, if you didn't know you needed that in your life, you do now. I I didn't need that. (laughs) It was disturbing. I didn't need that. Did you notice, and I I think I started seeing a pattern, but there's a lot of slow-mo shots for no reason, Mm -hmm. and there was a lot of ones of people's hands. Mm Mm-hmm. But it just was a weird choice for me. And I just felt like the movie took itself way too seriously. It was almost trying to be dramatic by just using slow-mo. Yes. In weird times. I felt like any time somebody got shot and they were falling, it went to a slow-mo shot. Yeah. But it would be like somebody handing somebody a cigarette. It would be like slow-mo, too. Yeah. Yeah. For no reason. It was excessive. It was. Yeah. I remember the putting the cigarette out on a person in a vegetative state. So that was how we need to know is you can put a cigarette out on this. And it was like slow motion. I'm like, why? Apparently the FBI just does that to the people that are in their custody. And then they also throw them in some crazy ass prison in the middle of the ocean. But not really in the middle of the ocean because the coastline was very close. Yes. You could swim it. And it it was barely an inconvenience (laughs) for for Nicolas Cage to escape that prison. Oh, yeah. He just had to use Chris Bauer's character to help shoot up the prison. Mm-hmm. He did try to save him. He did. he did. But then he fell to his death and I was like, oh, the problem took care of itself. <laughs> I also was thinking, I'm like, I don't think that's that far of a fall. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know if you land on your head. Yeah. Yeah, that'll do it. Yeah. I took issue with, and this isn't a lot of movies, there's helicopters and airplanes in a pursuit of some manner right and somehow cars are chasing them and the helicopter and said airplanes are usually scared of these cars i'm like you can just fly away yeah that's true and you can go a lot quicker very true Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. also that whole pursuit was on a runway how long was the runway was it the length of an interstate because it went on for like 20 minutes like you're gonna run out of runway are you talking about the first scene? Yes. I, I did like how Sean was like, I'm going to drive my, it looked like a Hummer, but mm-hmm. it's like a Jeep, straight into the plane or like drive at it, thinking yes. that the plane's going to be the one to be like, ooh, I don't want to get hit by a car. But it wasn't. Yeah. He had to, you know. Swerve. Yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. There was a point in the movie, I think it was like 40 minutes in, when they, they just started saying face off a lot. Yes. For like a whole scene. Yeah. And it was when uh, Nicolas Cage, as Sean, breaks out of prison, goes to, he knows a couple of the villains that he works with. Mm-hmm. Uh, Diedrich is his name. And they do some drugs together. And then he's like talking about how he wants to take his face off. And Diedrich's like, that's weird, man. I mean, it's not really weird because we know that his face has already been taken off. Yes. But to a random guy, he's like, no more drugs for you. <laughs> I'm pretty sure is what he said. <laughs> that's exactly what he said. Hmm. Also, clarify something for me, but Sasha and Diedrich, when they're introduced at the beginning of the movie, 
They're brother and sister. Yes. Yet, when Diedrich gets shot in the neck, and he's just letting it bleed out casually, <laughs> he kisses her passionately. Yes. As if they were together. Yeah. I'm very confused by that. It was not a brother-sister, I'm dying kiss. It was a take care of the kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I almost want to rewatch that scene because it was at the beginning of the movie. John Travolta as Sean, as mm-hmm. the FBI agent, is trying to get information after Caster has died, air quotes. Mm-hmm. And he says something about his sister. Yeah. I swear. No, I. you are right. Okay. You were not... Because when they kissed like that, I immediately went, well, that was an odd choice and gross. <laughs> no, you shouldn't be kissing your siblings like that. Yeah. Did you have anything else you wanted to talk about before we get to our final thoughts? Just one of the last things was, why the speedboat chase? Why not, <laughs> Ryan? They had everything else in this movie. Speedboat chase is just added fun. It was like John Woo went, oh, we got 10 minutes left to fill. Speedboat chase. Yeah. Why the fuck not? Well, maybe you didn't want to be repetitive because sometimes action movies, they get a little repetitive. Like, here's a police chase. 20 minutes later, here's another police chase. Mm-hmm. You know, you wanted to mix it up. Oh, and we both noticed horrible casting of the stunt doubles. Yes. At they don't one... even try to hide it back then. Yeah. It was just, these are two guys. I think that guy's supposed to be Nicolas Cage and that guy's supposed to be John Travolta, but I don't know because they look nothing like <laughs> I will say the stunt where he's holding on to the speed bump. <laughs> speed bump. <laughs> speed boat. Mm-hmm. And he's just kind of gliding along with the water. That was pretty impressive. Yeah. It'd be more impressive if it was actually an enclosed cage. But, you know, <laughs> I get it. Uh, we can't all be Tom Cruise. No. No, we cannot. Also, speaking of Tom Cruise. Yes. This movie would be like... So much easier to do and be 10 minutes long if they had the technology that Mission Possible had, where you can just print up a really realistic face mask and put mm-hmm. it on. No surgery required. That is so true. Just saying. That was five minutes of ghost protocol. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Anything else? No. You want to take a quick pause? Sure. And come back and uh, wrap it up? Okay, and we're back. Uh, We're going to go ahead and do our final thoughts. Because that's what we do now Mm -hmm. in season three. If you remember, long, long ago in our Airheads episode, we did mention that we're changing things up and we're going to be doing our final thoughts first and then our awards. And so let's do our final thoughts. Yeah, I'll go ahead and say it. For me, I did not think the movie held up. I will say I thought this could be a fun movie to watch. And it was fun, but it's not a good movie. It is extremely over the top. And I think the movie was very self-aware because at one point, Nicolas Cage is monologuing the plot to Joan Allen and crying at the pure obscurity of it. That's probably just Nicolas Cage's real tears going, why am I in this movie? Like that clip should be in the American Film Institute for one of the greatest scenes ever. It was intense. It was intense. And it was just Here's how stupid this movie is. It's insane. Yes. That is for sure. I also agreed it didn't hold up Mm -hmm. as a realistic action movie. It is watchable. Yes. But 
it makes no sense half the time. And I just feel like just because you can do it doesn't mean you should. <laughs> and that's basically the basis of this movie. Yes. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So with that being said, we get to present our Doesn't Hold Up Awards. Mm-hmm. Do you want to introduce the first category? The first category is the valedictorian to the Nicolas Cage online school of bad acting. Who did you give your award to? I went back and forth. Uh huh. But ultimately, I give it to John Travolta. Same. Because I, for me, I think it was harder for me to believe that he was a villain. Mm-hmm. I felt like it was really hard for him to be as over the top as Nicolas Cage was in that first like 20 minutes yes. of the movie. He can't pull it off. I almost feel like they should have reversed the roles. Nicolas Cage should have been the straight-laced person for 20 minutes and then been the completely insane one. And then John Travolta should have been, you know, the opposite. Okay. Even though, like, John Travolta has that more, like, dad look. Like, Mm -hmm. he does look like more like an FBI agent, I guess. Mm -hmm. But the movie would have been a lot crazier because Nicolas Cage can do deranged better than anyone. (laughs) Better than anyone. Yeah. John Travolta went and watched Batman Forever, (laughs) saw Tommy Lee Jones portray Two-Face and said, that is the greatest acting I've ever seen. I must duplicate it. (laughs) I did read that they spent, like, two weeks together before filming so they could get down each other's mannerisms. But I just couldn't believe it. Like, it just wasn't there for me. No. Maybe Nicolas Cage did too much over-the-topness in the first 20 minutes, and I was just expecting more. You know? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's a good observation. Thank you. Yeah. The next award is the Thomas J. Hanks Award for Exceptional Acting. Who did you give your award to? I gave it to Nicolas Cage. Same. And it's, he did all of the Nick Cage things you want. Right. He was the most enjoyable part. And also it's because we have 25 years of Nicolas Cage being a little over the top in his movies. Whereas John Travolta, we have like two movies where he does this mm-hmm. and he does it really poorly. But I felt felt like Nick hit it out of the park. I, I agree. I think his performance is actually what drives the movie and makes it interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, I know I said I would have rathered him been the villain the whole time, but I think he did an okay job being Sean because he also goes insane a little bit because it is really weird to put on the face of the person that murdered your son. Mm-hmm. I did like the scene when he wakes up after surgery and he's looking at himself and he's like, Starts telling everybody, fuck you. And I'm like, what did you expect was going to happen? You signed up for this. You knew his face was going to go on your face. And now you're mad? Yeah. I don't get it. How dare you? I just feel like you can see the difference, too, between him playing Caster in the first, like, you know, bit of the movie versus him playing Sean. Whereas I feel like you can see a huge difference in John Travolta's performance. Uh Uh-uh. I think you have a great idea, which would have been the switching of the two. Yeah. 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 Did you see that they are making a sequel? What? Yes. New cast. Ah, Like the same concept? I don't know. I just saw at the bottom of their Wikipedia, somebody's just signed on to direct it back in February, so. Interesting. Yeah. When I saw Nicolas Cage wasn't going to be in it, I was immediately turned off and said, nope. Yeah. Why? 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 Put him in it, damn it. 
Why? That's it, guys. Yeah. That's another episode. We came back. Yeah, we did. We're, we're working on it. Yeah. We apologize, but don't forget to check out our poll mm-hmm. because I will put one up and probably have an episode next week if yeah. you're lucky. Yeah. No. <laughs> we won't make you wait a month. No. So thanks for listening as always, guys. And we hope you enjoy this episode and you enjoy many to come. Yeah. We're going to hit that 100. Have a great week. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye.